you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. I'm not going to let my faults keep me from going higher. I'm not going to let my failures keep me from going higher. But I am determined. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43 and verse number 19 through verse 21. Isaiah 43 verse 19. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now shall it spring forth, shall ye not know it? I will even make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field shall honor me. The dragons and the owls, behold, I give water in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. This people have I formed for myself. They shall show forth my praises. I wonder if there's anybody in this house tonight that knows that God has made a way. He's put water in the desert. He's given you whatever you needed and provided whatever you needed whenever you need it. Is there a group of people that will give God high praise in this house tonight because he's made a way out of no way? Because he's turned your darkness into day? Somebody ought to shout to the Lord for a moment. You ought to just lift up your voice for a moment. Hallelujah. 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 By the help of the Lord, I'm going to preach for a moment. God is doing a new thing. God's doing a new thing. I want you to step to three or four people and tell them God is doing a new thing. God is doing a new thing. God bless you. You can be seated. God's doing a new thing. I, I've been paying a lot of attention to what God's doing, and it's, it's emotional to me because when I get in the presence of the Lord, just like just a moment ago as this choir was singing in the presence of the Lord, I'm quickly reminded of where we've come from, and I'm reminded of what God has done. And it doesn't prevent the fact that we understand how far we have to go because the journey's not over yet. So we've always got to be going higher. 
We've always got to be doing more. We've always got to be reaching further. I've been reminded of what God has done. The enemy thought that when he threw COVID at us that he was going to shut down the church. But in the midst of COVID, there were people that connected online to the church, found us through our online presence, and tonight are in this house worshiping God. Praise God, brother and sister Bender. Without COVID, they may have never found us, but God knew what he was doing. Trying to decide whether or not we could even come back for Sunday night services. The staff and team met. I know everybody thinks these, these decisions are easy, but I don't want on my shoulders somebody getting COVID and much less somebody getting COVID and dying. There's a lot of weight. Not wanting to make the decisions on my own, I would assemble teams. We would talk, discuss, pray, try to decide what, what to do, what the next step is. We decided to do children's services and youth services on Sunday night just as a way to kind of bring us back together and see kind of what happened and maybe if it's spread in children's services or in a youth service, maybe some of our elders might not be present and so maybe it wouldn't be as detrimental and we would be able to know the next step to take and so we were walking so carefully trying to figure out and all of a sudden we realized that the very first children's service that we had when we baptized four and had four get the baptism of the Holy Ghost in that service and such a powerful word and a ministry that came forth, we started realizing that God is doing something fresh and new in our children's ministry. And what the enemy thought that he was going to do by shutting us down, all it did was made us go back to the drawing board and rethink and reconsider what we were doing and recognize that we have gifts and talents that God has placed in us that are greater than any tactic of the enemy because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And we will not sit down because the enemy says he's going to throw COVID at us, but we come out and say we'll find another way. And in the middle of a pandemic, we are baptizing people and see them receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We recognized we needed to get, go to smaller groups. We were trying to find ways to do so. We started trying to make every connection we could. We, I talked to Brother Jeremy, and we started talking about Bible study training and try to teach some of our folks. We, we've had small groups functioning, but they were more fellowship-related. And so we started looking for ways to connect people in small groups and one-on-one Bible studies. And, trying to find ways to connect people and train people and teach people. While we may not be able to assemble together, that we could assemble in in one-on-one Bible studies with with folks that would like to sign up and be part. So they went through classes and started training and teaching people, and people started connecting, and we started teaching Bible studies. And I'm not even sure I should have looked it up before I came to preach this message tonight. I don't even know if you know off the top of your head where are we at right now, about 18 about 18 Bible studies that we have completed and baptized 18 people from those Bible studies in Jesus' name. Bible studies aren't new, but God's taking something old and bringing it back through a refresher course, and God is doing a new thing among CLC in the middle of a time when other churches are afraid to even gather. And just so you know, I've already got teachers in place and things are in place. We'll be announcing. And in the next 
six to eight weeks, we're going to be announcing our path of life. And as a matter of fact, we're going to allow you to go ahead and begin. If you have not been through path of life and you have completed your, your exploring God's word Bible study and you are going to be ready to move into path of life, we already have everything in motion and in making. And if you want to get signed up for that, Sister Cheryl is going to put away online for you to be able to sign up for, for the, the path of life. It is a nine-week course two nine-week courses that are broken in half with a 101 and a 201, and you're going to want to be part of that. Since we have started Path of Life, we have found that it has not only blessed new members that have come in, but it's blessed our local assembly. And what we are seeing God do in our church is not something that is groundbreaking, that has never been done before, but we are seeing God begin to do fresh things with old things. We've seen God begin to turn some things around. I was in prayer a few days ago and felt God impress a word on me. And I, I felt to come to this pulpit and I sat down and wrote it down. And when God speaks to me in those ways, often I write it down. And God said, I'll do a quick work. And I'm not going to cause you to wait. And I wasn't real sure what that meant in every aspect. God's word declared that he would cause the former rain and the latter rain to come down together in the same season. And he goes on to talk about restoring the things that the palmer worm and the canker worm and the locust has taken from us. And ultimately, the best understanding and explanation I have for that scripture is that God is going to give rain in the middle of a dry season. And believe me, if we look at the political arena of this world and the moral arena of this world, this world desperately needs the rain of the Holy Ghost. But God said that he would cause the old rain and the new rain. He would cause all the rain that's been missed in the dry season. He said, I'm going to cause it all to come, to come down together in one month. In other words, I'm going to do it in a short time, in a quick time, and it's going to bring a restoration to everything in your life, ministry, and church that has been destroyed and taken away from you. Now, when I start talking about God doing new things on a, on a strange service like tonight when I've already mentioned and celebrated those that have been around the church for a long time, I, I, I got to try to break this down and help, it where, where, help us where all of us can understand this. I, I, now, and I'm, there's some of you, I know, I know before I ever ask, you're just going to sit there with your hands down when I ask you if you like leftovers. How many of you like leftovers? Come on, all the grilled people, come on, give yourself a great big hand. You like leftovers. We got that. I, I don't mind leftovers at all. See, what all the people, now all those people that had their hands down, they go to restaurants and have no idea that that was cooked last week. They got it out, microwaved it, put it on a fresh plate, brought it out to you, and you thought it was fresh. Ain't nothing wrong with the leftovers. I like most leftovers. I, no, my mom could make spaghetti. My wife has become my favorite cook. But I got to tell you, my mama could make spaghetti. Oh, my goodness. She made spaghetti, and I'd go back and take that spaghetti and warm that spaghetti up. And spaghetti, oh, it was a good time. I love spaghetti. I always had weight problems my whole life. I liked weight. I mean, I liked I liked spaghetti. <laughs> and my mother could make the best spaghetti. 
my wife works real hard, and she's got it as close to my mama's spaghetti as anybody's possibly ever been able to get. And it, she could make some good spaghetti. And she also could fry chicken. And my, I kind of miss my mom's fried chicken. My wife doesn't fry anything. And so she doesn't even attempt. My mom's fried chicken was good. And I love my mama's fried chicken. But those of you that know anything about fried chicken knows that the best time for fried chicken. Now, my mama could make some could make some gumbo, and she'd take that gumbo, and you make it, and I could take it or leave it. But you put it in that refrigerator, let it sit overnight, and you pull it out the next day. Some of those soups that some of you make around here, and you pull it out the next day. How many of you know it's better the next day than it was? Mm -hmm. But not everything, not everything is like that, and fried chicken is one of those things. My mom could batter fry that chicken, and she would put that chicken out, and we would eat that chicken, and that chicken, she would, I mean, she's fried. She's like, go ahead and get your plate ready, because she wanted it to come from the grease to the plate. And it's hot and steamy, and you can't hardly touch it, but man, when it gets just where you can put it in your mouth, it would be so good. There's nothing wrong, there's nothing wrong with that with that recipe of my mama's chicken. But you could take that same chicken and you could put it in the refrigerator and let it sit overnight and you could warm it up and it tasted like warmed up chicken. You could not make that leftover chicken taste like the fresh chicken that my mama would cook. And mother could cook some great chicken. There was nothing wrong with the recipe. The issue is, is I did not want to go back to the refrigerator and pull out the old chicken. I would do spaghetti. There was a few things that could stay with me, but there's some things that the only way that it is good is when it was fresh. I don't know if y'all want me to preach to you tonight or not, but I came to remind some of you that there's nothing wrong with this old message that we've been preaching. But I come to tell you that sometimes we just need a fresh batch of something that's real good. When we talk about God doing a new thing, we're not talking about changing everything in the church. We're talking about God doing something fresh that is for this season so we can enjoy it today because it's today. Uh, I got a pattern in the word of God. When the children of Israel would wake up every morning, they throw their tent, fla tent flaps back and what they had to do was walk out and they had to collect the manna because it was given to them fresh every morning. If they didn't, if they tried to take the manna that was made for today and they tried to collect a little extra so they could sleep in tomorrow and be lazy tomorrow and not have to go out and get it tomorrow, the manna would stink. It would spoil. They had to get up today and go out and get for today what is for today. In other words, every day for the children of Israel in the middle of the wilderness, God gave them fresh manna every morning. Somebody said, well, I got the Holy Ghost a few years ago, and that's all that matters. I came tonight to remind you we need it fresh and anew. That's why you ought to never be, you ever, ought to never be absent from the altar based on the fact one day I received his spirit. You need to get back down and say, I need it fresh, and I need it new today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with old things. As a matter of fact, it's, there's a lot of old things. It's hard to match the quality. And we all have our preferences. And when I start talking about my favorite meal, or when I start talking about my favorite music, 
Y'all all know that the best music came out of the 80s. See, I see some of you that are a little older than me shaking your head no, and I see some of you younger than me shaking your head no. But see, the deal is, is our preferences sometimes start making us think what we have is best. When I start talking about my mama being able to fry the best chicken, you're going to argue with me and say, uh uh-uh, your mama fried the best chicken. That's all right. It's because of what you get used to. But I don't care if you like the song fast or slow, if you like it loud or you like it quiet. It does not matter. But what does matter when we come into the house of the Lord is that we come in today saying, I'm pulling up to the master's table. I need some fresh manna today. I need something fresh today. Nothing wrong with the old recipe. I just want it fresh today. My strength from yesterday is gone. I need it fresh for today. Put your hands together and give the Lord a shout of praise. The Lord never saved us to run on old experiences. That's why he regularly sends refreshings. Acts 3.19, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. The issue is that the Lord readily sends refreshings. He readily sends something new and something fresh for you. But you've got to get under the spout, as the old timers used to say, where the glory comes out. You've got to get in the middle of what God is doing. You can't come. You can come to the house of the Lord and leave the same way you came. Or you can come and say, I refuse to leave the same way I came. I'm going to get engaged in what God's doing. When the choir sings, I'm not going to just sit and look. I'm going to clap my hands. I'm going to get out in the aisle and dance. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. I'm going to engage in what God is doing. Wherever the church is going, I'm going to be there. Whatever the church is doing, I'm going to do it. Because I want what God has for this season of my life. So it's a fresh touch of an old thing. I've drank water all of my life. How many of you drank water all your life? I'm worried. Either my crowd is completely disconnected or something. I saw about 10 hands go up. No trick question. How many of you drink water? That's better. I've been drinking water my whole life, but I'm going to tell you something. I don't like water that has been put in a glass and set on the side of my bed. I drink water all through the night. I wake up in the middle of the night, I gotta have a drink of water. Probably because I sleep with my mouth open, snoring very loudly. And I have to have a drink of water three or four times during the night, eight or 10 times sometimes. I wake up in the night, get a sip of water. I thank God for bottled water. Because that bottle of water, I just put that cap back on, go right back to sleep, and it seems a little more fresh. I used to just, you know, set a glass by the side of my bed, and there's nothing worse than pouring a glass of water, setting it by your bed, coming up the next night, bringing another glass of water, setting it by your bed about three or four days and not cleaning off that nightstand. You wake up in the middle of the night half asleep, you reach over and grab that four-day-old water and take you a drink of it. You can tell it's been there for four days. I don't know what happens to that water, but something happens to the consistency and pH level of that water because that water doesn't even taste like water. You see, the issue is not about the water that he gives. The issue is is that we need fresh water every day. 
I didn't come tonight to preach to the estranged and the different and the backslider. I come today to preach to the church and tell you that's why every day we need to get on location with God. That's why we need to develop a prayer life and a worship life. You ought to put some music on in your home. You ought to pull the word of God out in your life. You need to be at church every time the door is open and you need to say I came because I want a fresh drink today because yesterday's is not good enough. It's still the same composition. It's still the same message but I need it fresh. In our lives, a lot of people say, well, I'm not thirsty. The reason your, your, your intake will always be connected with your output. I'm not going to get too graphic. I'll let you use your own imagination. But you can only take so much in until you let so much out. There is a place called the Dead Sea. The Jordan River flows into it. There is a constant flow of water into the Dead Sea. But the reason it's called the Dead Sea is because the salt is so thick in the water. And the reason is, is that water is flowing in, but it has no outlet. And when there is no outlet, the water becomes stagnant and salty and there's no life. There's no fish in the Dead Sea. There's nothing that grows in the Dead Sea. There's nothing. It's the strangest part, a piece of water. I actually attempted to swim in the water and it's rather strange. You can kind of go sit down in the water. It's, it's strange because it, it, you, you float so high in the water. It's rather it's rather strange, but it has no outlet. Yet, since the beginning of time, the Jordan River is constantly pouring into it. All at the same time, the Jordan River, over the generations of history, the water level is falling, and it is drying up. They have predictions of when the Jordan River, will, where the Dead Sea will become completely dry, although the Jordan River is flowing into it. When we went there, we were on a bus and we got out at some of these look points and they would have markings that was on bluff banks and those markings were all sorts of hieroglyphics and different things that were, that were painted and they have gone up and looked at them and said, these were a thousand years ago and these were two thousand years ago which would have been in Jesus day and this was the water level and now you can't even get to them you have to look up at them and even need binoculars to be able to see closely because they said every year the water level is falling because it has no outlet this is what I've learned is there is a life lesson in everything that happens in Scripture. For those of us who fail to have an outlet in our life, 
We can show up to church all we want and the word of God pours into us and the spirit of God pours out, pours into us. But if we're not taking this to the street and pouring it out somewhere else, if we're not giving back, if we're not blessing somebody else with what is being poured in, I can rest assured you're going to become the Dead Sea and your life is going to dry up while the Jordan River is pouring in. I know this river may be a really shallow Jordan River, but this Jordan comes to this pulpit every week attempting to pour into lives, and I'm trying to get you to pour out what I'm pouring in because when you start pouring it out, I can promise you when you come back to church that water is going to be more refreshing than it's ever been before. That manna is going to taste better than it's ever tasted before. That message that may not be everything you hope for will all of a sudden start blessing your soul because when it flows out you will be refreshed when it pours in unless you pour out you have no capacity to receive sometimes I've got to get along with God and just pour myself out to him I take in I counsel, talk to people hear all people's issues and problems and try to help and be a blessing to other people. And sometimes I just have to get away, go to get along with God, just me and the Lord. And we talk about everything that I'm dealing with and all the pressures that I'm feeling and all the struggles. Somebody asked me about our season of fasting and why so many good things happen when we fast. And during our season of prayer and fasting, I can always tell you it is very obvious when the church is fasting and praying. Whether it's a called fast or not, I can tell when people are fasting and praying and I can tell when people aren't. You know, praying people just have a better attitude. Fasting folks are so much easier to deal with. You can tell when people are praying and fasting. I've been, I've been at this long enough that you can just tell when the church begins to pray and fast, all of a sudden our capacity to receive enlarges. Because as we cut off the things of this world, the things of this flesh, all of the things that feed this flesh, and it starts being about him, and it starts being about what he is doing. Listen, we need to make up our mind tonight that I'm going to find a way to begin to pour this flesh out in order to make room for something fresh and new that God is doing in this season. And I want to be a blessing to others so that God can bless me. Because if we don't conquer this flesh, the flesh will destroy the flow of the Holy Ghost in our lives. Then all of a sudden, we will, once we miss the flow of the Holy Ghost, we have missed everything that God is doing. The Bible says if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. In other in other words, God takes the old man, the old person, who we were, and he literally changes the old person into the new person. And the only way that that is possible is that as God pours in, we are pouring the old man out. 
We're letting the old man go. We're letting old things go. And when that happens, everything within us will begin to change. And we'll get a new perspective on things. We will start walking with new principles in life. We will start having new motives toward everything that we're doing. Our attitude will begin to reflect that something new is happening in our life. We will get a new reason for living. There will be a new outlook. We will have new hope. Isaiah said, even I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. First Samuel says, and I will do a new thing in Israel. I believe that I am on target in Scripture to come to this church tonight and tell you that God is wanting to do a new thing in every life that is in this room. God is doing new things in this church all the time. His church has been, he, it has been a constant progress in the church. But for some of us, we are still stuck right where we were. I'm calling you out tonight and inviting you to begin to pour yourself out so that God can begin to pour something fresh into you. There is nothing that God cannot do in your life. This is a new and a living way. Yet it's nothing new at all. But what it is, is God pouring freshness into our life. Does that make sense? The manna was fresh in the, in the wilderness. The water that flowed from the rock that followed them was Christ. It was fresh water that they would drink every day. New manna every morning. New mercies every morning. See, God doesn't expect you to get up tomorrow and, and live on what you got three years ago. That's why you're in the house of the Lord tonight and the choir starts singing and starts inspiring us. I've got to go higher. I've got to go higher. I, why, why have I got to go higher? Because where God's taken me is greater than where I've been. It's newer than where I've been. It's fresh manna. The longer I live for the Lord, the sweeter it gets. My age dawned on me last week as I realized I've been serving the Lord for 45, almost 46 years. And you know what I can say? I'm going to say it like the old timers because I am becoming one. My wife tells me all the time, we're not old. You may be, but I'm not, she says. But I'm going to say it like the old timers would say it. It just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Some of you don't even know who Neva Percival is. Some of you, how many of you remember Sister Percival around here? I remember Sister Percival back when we used to have testimony service. She would stand up and she would start giving a fiery testimony. And almost every time she would say, it just gets sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. I come tonight to tell you that living for God just gets better and just gets sweeter and just gets fresher and just gets newer. When you start pouring yourself out, get ready. God's going to start pouring something fresh in you. He said you can be a new creature. Old things are passed away and all things are become new. God wants to inspire fresh faith in you tonight. The Lord wants you to experience new faith in your life. If the faith you've had is not working for you, you need a fresh faith. Well, is it faith just faith? Yes, it is. But you know what? Sometimes I get discouraged. Is that, is that horrible for me to be so real? <laughs> because I'm only human. And I get discouraged sometimes. 
and I just want to get around somebody. And the worst thing for me to do is get around somebody that starts telling me, boy, I tell you, this world just going to, it's just, it's just, everything in life's just horrible. The church, I tell you, when I get around people, they just seem to suck the very life out of you. My wife and I, we, we try to be friends with everybody. We've got some friends. I'm not talking about people here, but we have some friends. My wife's laughing now because we, we were just reflecting just a, just a few hours ago. We have some friends, and they, they're, they're sweet people. We just love them to death. But most seasons of their life are seasons that they're just going through it worse than anybody's ever gone through it before. Y'all know anybody like that? And during those seasons, most seasons, it's a struggle to even be around them. The only way I can be around them is I have to have four or five other people with me when I'm around them to help encourage the whole crew. Otherwise, their pity party is going to pull me down into the mully grubs with them. They need some fresh faith. And at the core, they're still stuck on hurts that happened to them 20, 30 years ago. And they don't even know it. We need to let some old things go in our life so that we can make room for God to do some new things. If you've been around this church very long, you're going to find some imperfections. You're going to find some things that may not be the way you think they ought to be. You're going to find some things that aren't perfect, but we're the church of the living God. And we just going to move forward and keep believing and keep trusting. I don't need anything to pull me down. I don't need anything to weight me down. I've got to go higher. I've got to go toward fresh manna and fresh faith. And God wants to fill you with fresh power. I'm closing. God wants to fill you with fresh power. He wants you to live a life of favor and divine power. Overcoming power. That power that the Lord wants you to have is the power of the Holy Ghost. It's the power to live right, to walk right, to do right, to be right. In John chapter 4, verse 10, Jesus answered and said unto her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked of you a drink, I talked about it this morning, you would have asked of him and he would give you living water. Let me tell you, if you struggle, if I preach to you just a little bit tonight, maybe if some of my comedic way of delivering tonight has somehow spoken to your life you need to ask the Lord for a fresh drink doesn't mean you've backslidden it doesn't mean you've walked away from God it just means you know I need something fresh today I need restored I need renewed I need refreshed Jesus said, the water that I give you shall be in you a well springing up into everlasting life. This well that he puts in you, it's the Holy Ghost that he puts in you. The Holy Ghost is not to be stagnant when he filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. He placed something in you that is to be an artesian flow. It's a well springing up within you. We've gathered into this house tonight. Maybe some of you have never been filled with the Holy Ghost, but 
many of you have. This altar call tonight is for everyone. If you've never received the Holy Ghost, it's for you tonight. But if you have received the Holy Ghost, how long has it been since you've been back, not for others, but for yourself, and you've said, I need a refreshing. I want to pray until I have a breakthrough. I want to pray until I talk in tongues all over again. I want to pray until God moves upon me and changes me afresh and new. How long? How long has it been? Acts 1 and 8 says, And ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We want that power that I talked about, the power to live right and talk right. But that power is what comes after. Everybody say after. After the Holy Ghost comes. Then will come the power. First comes the Holy Ghost, then comes the power. I've heard it preached and taught most of my life that they're simultaneous, but the scripture literally does say that that power will come after that the Holy Ghost has come. Just because you receive the Holy Ghost doesn't mean that everything in your life is right and perfect. It means you have the potential for it to be right and perfect. He will make all things new in your life. And for those of us that have allowed the gift of God to become stagnant in us, our prayer life has failed. Our faithfulness has failed. Our witness has failed. I invite you tonight to come back to the place where the living water is being poured out. To come back to the place where God can begin to pour back into you. But before He pours in, you're going to have to come and begin to pour yourself out. As you stand with me all over this building tonight and they begin to sing softly in the background, I invite you to come forward and to gather in tonight. Only those that come and say, I want to pour myself out so that he can pour something in fresh and new in my life. I want to receive that freshness, that newness. I want to be rejuvenated. I want to be refreshed, restored, renewed. I want that living water to flow out of me. He's doing a new thing in this season and he needs to do it in me I don't want to just look around and say look what God's doing in everybody else's life but I want to know what he's doing in mine come on lift your hands all over the room and cry to the Lord you make all things new yes 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 I will follow you Come on, church, let's begin to pour out. This is how it happens. If you'll come tonight with lifted hands and an open heart, begin to talk to the Lord, begin to pour out to Him, begin to talk to Him about where you are and what's happening in your world and how you feel and the refreshing that you desire. Begin to pour out to Him. Begin to pour out to Him so that you can make room for Him to pour into you. I will follow you.
Come on, let's respond to the word of the Lord tonight. God's trying to do a new thing. Slip a hand in the air tonight. Say, 